Welcome back to the Educator's Room podcast, a place for educators everywhere, regardless of grade level or content area. Put down your grade books and grab a glass of wine and learn with our host, Francesca. Welcome, everybody, to episode 52 of the Educator's Room podcast. I'm your host, Francesca Warren, and today we have two rock star elementary school teachers. We have education with an apron, and we have read like a rock star. Hey, ladies. Hello. How are you guys tonight? We're doing really good. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Yeah, after the whole technology snafu. So we're finally here, we're finally talking, and tonight we're going to talk about controversial topics, teaching controversial topics in elementary school. But before we start, I want you guys, Naomi, you can go first, um, and then Lanisha, tell us who you are as educators and kind of how you got into the field. So I am a kindergarten teacher. This is my eighth year of teaching. I've taught mostly in the lower primary grades, um, and... I just always wanted to be a teacher. I just love working with young minds and seeing what they can do and what they can become over the course of the school year. So that's my story. Yay. Yay, the kindergarten. Lanisha, education with an apron. How did you get into education? Yes. Um, you know what? Education has been a journey for me. Um, in college, I wasn't the most motivated, and I wasn't a great student, but I think a lot of teachers have that story. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. so... <laughs> I actually majored in elementary ed because I thought it would be easy, and now I'm spending every moment of my life working on my job, and it is not easy at all, and so um, I started, this is my 12th year of teaching, and like Naomi, I've been in uh, mostly primary grades. I've done kindergarten first and second, um, one year of third over the past 12 years, and um, yeah, you know, kind of got into it thinking it'd be a piece of cake, and it is definitely not, but it is grown this journey has you know been amazing and I've grown into just a different teacher than I you know that I ever thought that I would be wow so this is so cool so I found you guys on Instagram and we're going to leave their Instagram information in our show notes but I was really looking for um, some diverse voices to follow and I found you guys and I was like oh my gosh they're doing such cool things and what really caught my eye this past week was Columbus Day is upon us next next week, and um, for a lot of educators, you know, we they will teach the classic Columbus founded America, and I saw that you guys have a product that you guys have created around Columbus Day, and it got me thinking about how we as teachers are responsibility in teaching correct history, so I just want yes. you to talk about, like, you're in K-2, you, mainly you're in K-2. How do you even, how did you become, how did you guys become teachers that were willing to tackle subjects that some teachers won't touch with a 10-foot pole? Like, were you like that off the gate, or was it like, did something click? Like, what happened? Lanisha, do you want to start that off? (laughs) Sure. Um, You know, to be completely honest, um, we were watching the election in November, Mm. and... um, a lot of things happened, you know, <laughs> and um, one of the things that really troubled me were um, 
you know, the accounts that students were giving, you know, we're at school and people are telling us that they're going to build a wall or, um, you know, a, a woman at a gas station saying somebody called her the N-word because, you know, Trump won. And, you know, we just saw a lot of these um, stories going around on social media and a lot of students were struggling um, to sort of figure out what was happening. And so I started, at, it was around that point in November and I was just like, you know, like, what can I do? Because what you said um, is so true, um, just about how teachers, like, we literally control the narrative for the nation. Um, you know, most of the nation goes to public schools. And so whatever we teach them, whatever we tell them, um, I, you know, I took a very official poll on uh, my Facebook page because we all know that's, like, the best way to collect data. And I just asked my Facebook friends, like, who taught you the Thanksgiving story? And it was an overwhelming majority that they all said school. Like, two or three people said, mm. oh, like, my parents kind of talked about it. Or they were not from this country, their parents. Everybody else on that entire thread, school, school, school. So mm. I'm thinking, like, Wow. So that's us, like that's teachers, you know, so right. we're telling our students everything that they grow up to know. And so they accept it as truth because, you know, why wouldn't you? And so um, all that to say, the election happened, all these things, I just, I was feeling just devastated um, just about everything. And so I don't know really where the idea came from to start developing a social studies curriculum, but it just sort of dropped in my mind and I reached out to Naomi and I sort of shared my vision with her and she jumped on board. And now we, <laughs> we've- I feel like it's kind of, we have. We started out just wanting to highlight other cultures and right. show our students that they matter. My um, school population, we have a lot of Mexican students. I have a lot of African refugees and yes. even down to the second graders were crying the day after the election thinking oh. about what it meant for their families thinking about what it meant for them and being scared to be a citizen in this country um and we more wanted to like we kept calling it our love letter to our students mm. so that they could see their stories represented so we weren't even seeking out to touch on controversial topics we just wanted our students of color to know like we see yes. we hear you you have a history too it doesn't always get told but you have a history right. too mm. right and i think it's yes. so you know and i i've had this conversation with many um many teachers and i feel like so many times teachers are scared to even broach this topic even something as simple as saying hey christopher columbus didn't found america Right. Very basic concept. Yeah. There are teachers who are scared. And I always have to sure. tell teachers that sometimes we're the only difference between the truth and ignorance with our kids. Mm -hmm. So you guys, after the elections, you say, you know, my kids matter. What how did you even brainstorm? OK, so let me stop for a second. Guys, they're on Teachers Pay Teachers um, and I will include their store addresses in the show notes. So you'll be able to get these. Some of these are free downloads. Some of these are not. But talk to us about the first product that you made and what were the reactions to the kids when they saw it? Because, you know, I taught high school. And so in high school, the conversation is completely different. If I was still in the classroom, my kids would come the day after the election and they would have a ton of questions. And I would have to, you know, dispel some rumors and some myths. But what was it 
what was the first product and how did y'all even come together to do it together? Like walk me through the process. Cause a lot of teachers are going to listen to this and they're going to say, that's good for them, but I don't have time. I've got to stick to the curriculum or that's not in my curriculum. I'm not going to touch it. Right. Nancy, you want to take that one? I can. So we started this, like we said, like we started talking about it last November and we said, we're going to start releasing monthly social studies units because what we have isn't cutting it. Our, mm. The stories aren't getting told. We, the first one that we released was for January. And um, both of our kids, like sets of our classes, loved it. We dug into a lot of culture. And we thought that that was going to be the part of the social studies units that the students weren't into. But they were so into it. They loved talking about culture, talking about different people from different parts of the country, Um, especially at my school and my classes um, are so diverse they were really excited about it one of the units that we have is just a culture unit and they're just talking about themselves and they got to present their cultures to the classroom and I got to learn things about them that we would have never talked about otherwise like I had a student um, who was from Iraq and she was there up until she was in second grade and one of the things she brought up was that in Iraq like from being once they turn five, they go to a boys' school and a girls' school all the way um, until they finish their education. And she just mm. thought it was so weird to come here and that she had to be in the same classroom with a boy and sit next to a boy. Um, and it was just crazy to her. And I feel like that's the kind of conversations that teachers should be having with their students because maybe her behavior would be interpreted as acting out or not following the rules. And really, right. in her culture, um, that just doesn't happen. And so they were really excited to learn about each other and have a teacher that was interested. And then we're always going back to the map and pointing up places and it really stuck with them. Mm. Wow. And so, you know, so you're doing this, you're, you're, you have your first product come out, what the kids love it. What do your fellow teachers say? Um, either on social media or in your building, is everybody loving them or are they, kind of like rolling their eyes like what what's the the feedback <laughs> um i mean i honestly the perception the perception has been pretty great i think in, uh-huh. in in the circles that i've been in um a lot of people are maybe not you know because like we like we keep saying we've only done it since november and so i think people are sort of watching us to sort of see how we unfolded in our classroom and especially since we're both kindergarten teachers they are like, wait, you do that in kindergarten? And we're like, yeah, we do it in kindergarten. Um, and we just try to have a very, we, we sort of have a formula that we um, that we sort of use when we approach a topic. And um, usually that's, we let photo, like photographs speak for a lot, you know, even a situation like um, Charlottesville, you know, it, just displaying an image on the screen and just allowing the students to talk. And the, the tricky thing about social studies is keeping your own bias out of it. And so the way we try to get around that with our units is presenting information, um, you know, on both sides and then turning it back over to the students and just saying, what do you guys think? What Mm. do you think about this? And so, you know, when people watch us do those sorts of things and have those sorts of conversations, um, I do think that they are very intrigued and we have had tons of teachers message us and, you know, they're just like, oh gosh, our social studies is not cutting it. We don't cover any of this, you know, and they're just like, you know, nothing out there is like this. And so we feel humbled and, you know, grateful that we can put something out there that might make a difference for students and families. Um, And so I think it's pretty well perceived. 
And I think you for know, sure we were a little bit worried. Sorry, to go, we go, were go. a little bit worried about how it was going to be perceived, but people are loving it. Like slowly, like little by little, it's. I think it's really catching on. And like Lanisha said, now that we've been teaching it and showing, um, showing it, making blog posts about it and videos about it and IG stories about it, and they're seeing how it can be done and that it's not that scary and it's not that crazy to teach these things to students. I feel like a lot more people are getting comfortable and realizing like, yeah, we do need this, especially with the events that have been happening around the country. I think they're beginning yes. to see the importance of social studies and saying like, wow, we really do need this. Like with Charlottesville, we're like those kids clearly didn't get, you know, some great history lessons or some cultural lessons because they're growing up thinking that their race is better. And if, there could have been a teacher along the way to yes. teach them something different or teach them to value other cultures and other people. And they might not have that mindset today. No, no matter what's going on at home, a teacher could have changed somebody's mind or planted a seed yes. with the right yes. lesson. And I feel like it's what you say in teaching class, but it's also what you don't teach. I'm sure there's a lot of teachers that are great teachers that, um, just shy away from things. And that is harmful as well. Like we have to have these conversations in the classroom. Yeah. And I think like, I honestly, I think it's a cop out when, um, our fellow teachers, especially like when we, well, let me go back. I was reading an article where it said that the breakdown that you see a, a lot of the social issues that you see now is because there is a lack of teaching social studies in schools now because of testing social studies is put on the back burner until it's tested. And because of that, that you have people who don't know basic things about the Constitution, about how our country is run, is operated. And so I have to ask you guys, you guys are primary teachers. Like, I know the feedback has been good, but has there ever been, like, an administrator or anybody to say, hey, but don't forget about the testing, like, what's not being tested? Or has it just been, like, hey, keep doing what you're doing? Not at my school. My administrators are super supportive of it. But the way that we have our units set up, you can do this during reading. It's ebooks, there's writing, there's responses. This can be your daily writing prompt. This can be your reading assignment that you do. There's no reason why it has to be, you know, I don't know, Curious George or, you know, all about plants. But like this can be your literature that you do during reading time. I do have a set aside social studies time. But if you can't make it fit and you don't have social studies time, because I know that big emphasis on just reading and math, you can make the time for it and you can fit it into your reading and writing and it will go in perfectly. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I even find other times, um, because my school, they're not heavy on the testing, but it's more um, just a jam-packed schedule. And so I will, you know, it, I tuck it in my community circle or I, I will just spread it out in different ways throughout the week. But it's like you said, it's sort of, a cop out to not like I can't I literally can't watch the news and watch what's going on and not teach social issues in my classroom it's mm. just it's almost become impossible for me mm. these days I have to feel like I'm do I'm a teacher we're teachers this is what we do and you're exactly right I think I read the same article that you read about the decline of social studies because the rise in STEM and math and all of that which is great but then when you look at the social structure of our nature or of our nation these days you know, it's, it's pretty clear. Mm, mm. That's so, and, and, you know, 
One of the things, like, I love when you said, you know, I can't not teach social justice. A lot of teachers will listen to this and say, it's not our job to tell kids what to think. And somebody said something really interesting on our Facebook page. They said, you know, it's people like that who allowed the Nazis to get away with what they got away with. Because the excuse was, I don't want to get involved. And while we're not at that point yet, um, I think that that's very interesting because you can't have two sides of slavery. There's not two sides. There's not like, here's the other side. It was, you know, like, so I just, I think that you guys are doing something really cool. And so I have to ask, walk us through, like, talk to us about the, the one tool, one resource that you made that probably, well, hold on, let's go back. Let's take Charlottesville, what happened. How, talk, walk us through how you brainstormed a resource, how you rolled it out in class, and how you saw kids change because of the resource. Uh, well, we didn't do a specific resource for Charlottesville. That was more of a, an example for how we would bring it up. Um, we were asked at, at some point on social media, and we sort of you know, walked them through that formula that I was talking about, about just you know, talking about it, but to the, the, the point that, cause we do get some teachers that are like, that's the parent's job. Like, it's not my job. Mm-hmm. I, I think our way to address that point is to make sure that there's no bias involved. And we like, you know, like I said earlier, we just present facts or we ask the students just, what are you thinking? So I'm not mm-hmm. putting thoughts into your head. I'm asking you to like, look at a situation and then and, and figure out how you feel about it. And then um, as far as the the age part, you know, I I can say one thing. There's a quote from a man named David Stovall, and um, I've held on to it for years now. Um, I was sitting in a seminar. It was about social justice. And somebody said, well, how old do kids need to be before we talk about this sort of stuff? And he said, if a child is old enough to experience injustice, then they are old enough to learn about it. And that's like... Yes. Mm-hmm. Just, so good. Oh my gosh, I've I've held onto that so tightly for years now, and it's you know, and I even think of like Las Vegas, that horrible incident that happened. Yes, our little precious kindergartners—they're so young. But what about the kindergartners in Las Vegas right now? They oh. have to deal with it. Yeah, they have to. Or what about the kindergartners in Iraq, yeah. Afghanistan, Syria? Like yes. So yeah. Let me ask you guys this. So, K2, you guys are hitting these units and you're having these discussions. What's been parents' feedback for their kids covering such heavy topics? Like, have you had parents to say, whoa, or say, I haven't, I didn't learn, I learned something new, or what's been their feedback for that? Yes, that's exactly been it. Either, wow, I didn't know that because these are definitely things that we didn't learn in school growing up. Right. So they've either really loved it, um, speaking for myself, or they've been surprised mm-hmm. that they didn't know that and mm-hmm. thankful that I taught their kids that. Like, we just finished, um, I mean, Hispanic Heritage Month is still going on, but we've transitioned now to Talent Heritage Month. But when we put up papers for that, even just, like, teachers at school were like, oh, wow, you're covering that? And my para in my classroom is from Mexico, and she was just like, wait, what? I've never seen a teacher talk about Hispanic Heritage Month, like, that's crazy. I'm so mm. glad like my student goes to the school. So they've been either really excited about it or just, wow, I didn't know that. And they're excited that their kids 
are learning that too. Um, and like Lenny, she was saying, like we keep our bias out of it because while um, we think about the kid that's going home, like, and their parents are saying, wow, our culture is being represented. Our story is being told. We also think about the kid that's going home to a family that might be against that culture or a Trump supporter. Um, that's like what we always consider. Um, and how are they going to feel about it? So we really make sure we go over it with a fine tooth comb and make sure we're not projecting our biases into it. Um, and that we're just giving facts only like specifically with um, indigenous people's day. Um, we like Lanisha, I'll have to send her stuff and she'll say, you need to take this line out. You need to take that line out. And you need to change this word because I'm just like, no, no, I want them to know like how I feel about this. And she's always like, mm. or she'll run it by her husband. And she's like, nope, David said we can't say it like that. So we really are intentional with here's the facts and then ask them, well, what do you think? And then they, they just give the responses and then you just facilitate the conversation. Mm. Right. And I think another huge important part with the parent piece is letting them know up front. Like my back to school night, I displayed um, in our August unit, we give an overview of the entire year. And I showed that to my parents. And I was like, this is what I'm covering. Because like everybody knows there's Black History Month because it's just been around forever. It's highly, um, you know, everyone just talks about it. And so I just opened up with that with my parents. And, you know, I'm like, I'm sure you know February's Black History Month and lots of people, you know, we read books and that sort of thing. I'm like, but did you know there's an Asian and Pacific Islander Month and there's an Italian Heritage Month and there's an Arab American Month? And they were like, what? And so I showed them the entire PowerPoint and I was like, this is what I'm going to talk about this year. And we do current events in this class. And so they, it, it takes the shock factor off. So when they bring home a paper or a little flip book about, you know, Roberto Clemente, like we just finished him yesterday, like I don't think they're surprised anymore because they knew up front that I was going to be covering that sort of thing. So I think it's critical to just like sort of be upfront with parents. Don't shock them yeah. with, you know, um, <laughs> that's something that you're going to do. Mm, that's such a that's such a great point. So you're at the point, you're rocking and rolling by this time. It's October. You're teaching it. What do you say for that for that elementary school teacher who is hearing what you're saying? They're agreeing, but they are working in an area where they will not be supported by their parents nor by their administrators. What do you say for them? Because, you know, I'm a high school teacher and we we teach what we want. You know, ultimately we shut the door, but that's with older kids. But what do you do to a teacher who says, I agree with everything you're saying, but in my community, this won't fly. How do you navigate that? You know, that I say, um, are you going to answer? I was going to say to be brave, like put your money where your mouth is. Like if that's what you believe in. Also, um, that just made me think of, I just did a blog post with this and she, I think she's a former high school teacher Michelle Luck and we were talking before we got together on this blog post um, about how to tackle controversial issues in the classroom and we specifically spoke about Charlottesville on the Teachers Bay Teachers blog um, and she told me that she was teaching about um, slavery and the civil rights movement and that a student's grandfather came who was like in the KKK and he came to make sure that she wasn't going to be filling um, the students' heads with any nonsense about the civil rights movement or anything like that. And she was like, you're welcome to come into the classroom and present your side of it. So she invited him to come do that. And 
she said she had a freak out moment, like, oh my gosh, what did I just do? My principal's going to kill me. These parents are going to say, what are you doing? But she had him do that. She did her lesson and they just let the kids decide um, who they thought was right or how they felt about it. And she's like, I was so proud of them. They were just like, you're wrong. You're so hate filled. That's not okay. You're not right. So I think just being brave enough saying, oh my gosh, but I know that I have to do this. I know the impact of my actions if I do it. And I know the impact of my actions if I don't do it. You, what if every teacher that student comes into contact with for the rest of their educational career isn't brave enough to step up and they're never going to get that knowledge and they need it. Wow. Yes. Wow. She pretty much said everything I was going to say. Wow. That takes a lot of guts because, you know, you have to, you have to be, you're, you're, you have to put your money where your mouth is and it, it, you know, it just comes down to that. Let me ask you guys about this. What do you do if you are going through and you are, you've decided I'm going to take this hard nose, where do you get resources? Like, where do you find stuff to, to do these lessons and to have these conversations? Um, you know, well, it was new learning for us, like that different months covered, uh, like nationally, um, there were certain months for certain cultural groups. And so we were thrilled. We were like, oh my gosh, like, look, October's Italian, you know, so we were like, let's do this. And from there, it's just a lot of research. And we, we, we excuse me, we read tons of articles and, um, you know, we look at uh, lots of different sides of issues and current events um, are usually the things that we will come together and try to put a free product out and say, like, teachers just aren't sure how to navigate this part. Like, let's just throw something that, you know, would be really helpful um, in our store. And, you know, that's one side of it. But then the other aspects of it are just... um, Usually we will try to celebrate a culture. For the most part, we'll try to find, like, really influential people. Um, And then we, we also we reach out to people that belong to those cultural groups and, you know, we're like, hey, like, who is important to you in your culture? Because we always sort of joke around about black history, like, yes, we do Rosa Parks in kindergarten and first grade and second grade and third, all the way up. Like, these kids know the Rosa Parks story and that is so great, but, like, do you ever cover <laughs> Garrett Moore? Do you ever cover, do you know what I mean? And yeah. so we didn't want to be, we didn't want the same version of that for other cultures. So we tried to, you know, reach out to people or really find influential people that we could celebrate, especially in the lower grades. Um, we are all about um, exposing and celebrating people from certain cultural groups because we want them to see themselves reflected, you know, in people that are doing awesome things. I mean, I'm supposed to have a Skype date with a woman named Olga. She works, She's a Hispanic American. She works for NASA, invented some amazing battery that powers mm-hmm. the international space system. I got into contact with her and she's like, sure, I'll do a Skype date with you. Like, how are my little Hispanic kids going to feel when they see her on the screen, you know, telling Aww. them about all this awesome stuff, you know? And so it's just a lot of research, a lot of finding, you know, just really cool things that are going on around the world. And that's our tagline. It's just knowing stuff about our world matters. And so we just sort of look at everything through that lens. Mm, that's so cool. Let me ask you this. What ha- what, what's the, our country right now, this isn't anything new for people of color um, or different ethnicities, but we're at a time and a point in our country where you really can't be on the fence about certain things. You either believe in them or you don't. So I have to ask, you know, you said you have resources, 
you have, um, you're talking to people about, you know, who are some people in your culture who matter, and you're just, you're having a, a definite belief system. You have an actions that support your belief system that social justice is important in all classrooms. But how would you, because there are a lot of administrators who miss, listen to our podcast, what would you tell them about supporting teachers in making sure that kids have diverse perspectives in front of them? What would you tell them? Because a lot of administrators are just like teachers in that they don't want to make board members nor their bosses mad nor parents mad. So what would you tell them if they're trying to, you know, create a community that's inclusive and they want different people in front of their students? What would you say? Naomi, do you want to? I can take that. I would say, I mean, it's just important. Um, the, The kids need it. And when we do our units and we talk about it, we're like, oh, imagine like our little, you know, brown babies seeing this. But also we're like, it is just as important for the white kids to see this too. So it's good for everybody. It's not just about empowering and uplifting students of color. It's for the white students too. They need to see it just as much, if not more, because they hear their stories told all the time. And that's how some of them, you know, that, that white privilege is developed that way because they hear their stories. They hear they were, they were great explorers. They were great inventors. They were just everything. And then, Oh, the black people were just slaves and everyone else was just an immigrant that, you know, they need to hear these stories. And it's not, like, again, like, there, it's controversial just because, like, America has decided that those issues are off limits, but it's just speaking facts and telling a wider perspective. Like, it's not anything crazy that we should be running from. It's just something that should be happening in your classroom. Mm. Absolutely. And pretty much everything we cover, there's a standard that speaks to it. I mean, if you read your, I mean, in Indiana, we have a set of social studies standards. And even in kindergarten, they ask you to cover an element of civics and geography and, um, you know, sociology. And so there's usually a way that, you know, I'm sorry, a reason that we're doing it. And so that's another aspect of it, too. It's not like we're just sort of pulling things out of the air. It's like I can use this activity to address, you know, yes, we have kindergartners learning about the duties of the president and what a president is supposed to do according to, you know, the way (laughs) our nation goes later. And so, you know, we just, we try to to hit those things. And so it's not, what we do isn't all about um, solely culture. It's a huge part of it, but we try to hit other um, aspects of it too, like a (laughs) well-rounded social studies curriculum should have. Mm, that's so important because you know as elementary school teachers because k2 you guys teach all subjects correct k3 yes okay so you teach all subjects so i mean it's part of your curriculum and so that means if people aren't covering it they're not covering the extent of the standards or they're picking and choosing what they want to right absolutely wow yes wow so let me ask you this and then we're, we're going to um Talk to us a little bit about, because we have a lot of teachers who um, are going to go to your store. They're going to love it. They're going to say, oh, my God, I love this free download. But talk to us about the minds, about the, the, the collaboration that it, that it takes for two educators on two separate sides of the world. Because you're in Indianapolis, Lanisha, right? And Naomi, are you in Florida? I was in Florida. I'm in Colorado now. Okay, so you're two opposite ends of the world. Talk to us about the collaboration and what you guys have learned from one another just doing this. 
Like, does this collaboration force you to put your, you know, kind of put the, your money where your mouth is and say, okay, this is what's important. (laughs) Yes, for sure. We're like constantly sending each other like little snippets or like little photos or short videos of like things that are happening in our classroom and we'll send it to each other. And it's exactly what you said. It's like accountability and it's, well, how did you do that? And, you know, in your class, so, you know, we keep talking about Hispanic heritage because that's what we are in or just finished. And, you know, she was, um, Naomi was talking about a week or two ago and um, she started going on about, um, she was letting her kids do like salsa dancing. And somehow she started looking up like salsa and like the cultural aspect of it and where it came from. And then all of a sudden she was like, I'm going to make salsa next week. Like, <laughs> authentic salsa. And they ended up having this huge, like authentic Mexican feast. And it was amazing. And so of course I was like, I'm going to make salsa in my classroom. And so you know, it does it really like we push each other in that way. And it's awesome. And like we can debrief across the country and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. Mm. Right. Cause for the most part it's uncharted territory. So it's like, okay, I'm going to yes. try this out next week. You try it out. Yep. Because we have to pave the way, you know, for the other teachers. And then we try to post videos and pictures and show them. It's not that scary. I think a lot of times um, white educators think that because we're black, we're used to doing stuff like this. We're just born activists. And it's like, we're not. Like, I'm very shy. I'm very meek. I don't like being outspoken and controversial or causing problems. But if this is what we have to do, this is what we have to do. I don't Mm. do it because it's easy. I do it because it's what we have to do. That's real. That's that's really cool. So I want you to take a second and um, let everybody know. And guys, this will be in the show notes. Let everybody know where we can find you. Find you guys on social media, um, and pick one product that if they had to download any product, what would be the product you would tell them to start with? Be oh oh before oh wait 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 before we even get to that, I got ahead of myself, guys. How did I forget about Columbus Day? Uh. So Columbus Day is coming up. And um, what would you say to the elementary school teacher, you know, 
How do you teach this day? Do you address it? Like, how do you teach about Christopher Columbus, who has so many misconceptions um, across the United States? So where I am in Denver, we've actually officially changed the name to Indigenous Peoples Day. Oh, wow. So as we saw that literally this weekend, I was like, I know we're not going to let Columbus Day go by without saying something. And we put together a free resource this weekend because we're like, we need teachers. We don't want them to say, oh, I I can't afford to buy it. I'm just going to do what I was doing. We're like, we need them to teach this the right way. Um, So what we did was we did our research and... If you have the time to check it out, it is horrible. It's He was just an awful, awful person. And we're just like, why does this guy still have a day? Why were we taught this? Why did our teachers lie to us? Why were we never told the truth? And it's not just mm-hmm. one person's perspective versus another. Like, there's diaries, there's journals, there's just, mm-hmm. it's just fact. The things that he did to the Native Americans when he came here. So what we did with this resource was we made an ebook presenting the facts, um, about everything that happened, keeping our biases out of it. This was one that Lanisha had to go back and say, take this out, take this out, you can't say that. Um, like I wrote, he should not be celebrated. And she was like, you cannot say that. <laughs> so she, do you think he should be celebrated after you've learned all the horrible things that he just did? So we have response sheet, we have the photos, we, I mean, and he did some pretty terrible things. So obviously for Kay, we had to scale back and we're not giving them all the gory details. Yes. But um, the older you get, you know what your class can handle. You know what your class is capable of. Um, So you can pick and choose which details that you want to share with your class and just let them respond to it. And then what we did was say that a few places have chosen to go with the name Indigenous Peoples Day to instead honor them and their contributions and their challenges in this country. So and we left it off with the question. So now that you have these facts. Do you think that we should celebrate Columbus Day or do you think that we should celebrate indigenous people? And we're leaving it up to the kids mm. to decide. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and honestly, the book is called What is Indigenous People's Day? And so I thought if we could focus on that more. So Christopher Columbus is in the book. But, you know, I tried to focus more on, on the indigenous people because that's what the day is about. So, you know, I felt like putting that sort of a spin on it and plus a lot of kids just don't know like why are some states changing it to indigenous people like what's the Mm. big deal so we thought it would be great to educate them on that and so you know and it's been so great Naomi and I have both had messages tons of messages like Mm -hmm. we I'm changing my plans I had no idea I've always just done my Columbus craft and we make a ship and we make a construction paper hat and we go around like yeah Christopher Columbus and they're like you know I'm so glad that you guys did this because I had no idea and I'm going to change the way I teach this now and that's Mm. been so humbling for us so great and that's actually the research that I was going to say to check out to see if um, the rest of what we do is for you. You can check it out. There's an ebook and it's free. We just put it up. Um, presents the facts. You have your response sheets. You can have your conversations. And that's, I love the conversation that comes out. I actually just put a video up on my Instagram page. Today we were, it's Italian Heritage Month, and we were talking about the discrimination um, and prejudice that Italians faced when they first came here. And even as I'm teaching it, I'm like, these kids like what are they even going to think of this you know material that I'm presenting to them and they were mad like they were like that is not nice that is not okay we should just welcome people in this country one of my students even brought up Trump um just on his own accord saying you know and like he does that too and my parents said this and like they were fired up so 
they can handle these conversations. Just give it a try. I think once people do one unit or so and they realize the impact of it, they come back for more and they're just like, thank you, thank you, thank you. We haven't had any bad feedback yet. It's just been, thank you. You've changed the way that I teach. This really opened my eyes or I didn't know this. I can't believe I've been teaching this long. I didn't know this and I've been teaching it the wrong way. When we just tell them, like, well, when you know better, you do better. So we're just thankful for the people that are believing in our resources and that are being brave enough to bring it out to their classrooms. Mm. I mean, this is, like, such great stuff. Um, Can you guys, we're going to, guys, they're going to have all their contact information in the um, show notes. But can you guys both tell everybody where they can find you um, and what's next? Like, what's the next resource you're going to do? I know I heard Native American Month in November, but what, what's next? Yes. Mm-hmm. What's next? Yeah, so November. we started with January. We're almost finished. And four, fourth grade and fifth grade teachers have been hitting us up left and right to please put out something for higher grade levels. Yeah. Um, so we're going to team up with our friend Turquoise. And he teaches older grade levels, and we're going to all tackle this and put out, start putting out cultural units for the older grades as well. So that's mm. what's next. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's so cool. And where can we find you guys? Talk, talk to us about, you know, your store, your Instagram, your Twitter. Where can they find you guys, both of you? Do you want to sure. Go? Um, so my store name is called Education with an Apron because I happen to wear aprons when I teach <laughs> And that's my Teachers Pay Teacher store name. Um, my Instagram is apron underscore education. Um, Twitter, I don't really get on Twitter, so we're not going to go there. Um, Instagram is probably, oh, and I do have a blog. It's education with an apron at blogspot.com. Okay, and I, Naomi, um, I'm at Read Like a Rockstar on Instagram. Just all together, no spaces, no underscores. My teachers pay teacher stores, Read Like a Rockstar. And I also blog at readlikearockstar.blogspot.com. Thank, ladies, thank you so much for coming on. Um, we'll talk after the show. Guys, please take a second, support these young women. They are doing fabulous things in the classroom. And as we talk about being inclusive, you can't be inclusive if all you, if all you do is in February celebrate Black History Month. We have tons of cultures. We have tons of different students coming into our classrooms. It is. It would behoove all of us to just support them, and they know that they matter. Um, so until episode 53, we will see you guys. Have a great day. Thank you.